0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, if you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Again, tonight we're going to talk about the area of faith. The goal here again tonight is to feed your faith and starve your doubts. So again, I've got to get into the Word. So with me saying that, faith grows out of the Word of God. Faith grows out of the Word of God. And so one of the keys to faith, I've got to start saying about myself everything that the Word says. But faith grows out of the Word of God. Now, this, this may be a, a revelation to you, but Amazon and Google and Facebook, those aren't books of the Bible, okay? Okay. That, that may be a mystery that was solved for you tonight, alright? So again, you've you, you got to get in the Word, and God will get into you, okay? What are you saying, Pastor? Man, i got, I got to discipline myself. I, I I can't stay on social media, the internet all day, and think it's feeding my faith, alright? Again, I'm not telling you not to do that, but every sacrifice is based on preference. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Now, most of that's in the Amplified of what I just said there. But when I look at faith, I have to think about this. What what is faith a byproduct of? Faith is a byproduct of the Word of God. That's that's Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So right here, we could literally say it this way. Now, the word of God is the substance of things hoped for. So the word of God becomes my title deed. Now let me give you another example of that. The Lord Jesus, this is uh, Hebrews 12, 2. It says, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So literally right here for the word faith, we we could substitute Jesus in there too. And so we could read it this way. Now Jesus is the substance of the things hoped for. And then he goes on to say, the evidence of the proof of the things we don't see. And so what he's talking about here is just because I may not be able to see this with my physical eyes, doesn't mean it's not real. It's real and so what faith does is, is I begin to see through the eyes of the Word of God and I begin to look and say, okay, this is what the Word of God says. Now, the great dilemma for every one of, else, for every one of us is do, do I choose to, to believe the Word of God or do I lean to my physical senses? And that's what happens to a lot of us. So with that thought right there, I'm going to show you two passages tonight, and I believe every one of us in this room, we're going to either gravitate to one or to the other. Now, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 20. John, chapter 20. Get in the Word, get in the Word, get in the Word. Stay in the Word of God. Again, you heard me say that you feed your faith and starve your doubts. Again, the, the great evangelist, the man of God. If you ever get a hold of his books, a man, funny, funny name. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. He's a man of God. And his, his, one of his great sayings was this. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day. And we, feel, we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're starving or we're malnourished spiritually. So again, I've got to get in the Word. i got to get in the Word, okay? John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week or Sunday evening, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembling for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood in the midst and he said to them, Peace be with you. Now, I read that, but I, I need to tell you what's going on here. Jesus has has just been resurrected He's he's rose from the dead And and he strolls in on a Sunday evening Where these guys are meeting And and the first greeting he says Is he says Peace be with you Verse number 21 So Jesus said Yep, so Jesus said to them Wait a minute, let me go to verse 20 But when he had said this he showed them his hands and his side. Now, now think about this again. Jesus strolls in and then he does this. Shows them the nail print. He lifts up his shirt. And he shows them the piercing side. And look what it says here. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now I, I try to put myself in this book because... Can, can you imagine Jesus coming in there? And you got, you got to go back to what he said all along. He said, now listen, fellas, I'm, I'm going to die. But in, in three days, I'm coming back. And it was hard for them to, to really grasp what he was telling them. But now he strolls in there. And, and I really wonder that night if, if they're all making eye contact and looking at each other like, is this who we think it is? And then it says, they were glad to see the Lord. Now jump with me to verse 24 for time's sake. Now Thomas called the twin, or his nickname was the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, and so again, Thomas wasn't there. The other ten were there. And you say, Pastor, but there was twelve. Yeah, there was twelve. Twelve. But Thomas wasn't there and Judas is no part of the picture anymore. So the other ten were there. So this is what this is talking about. And so the other disciples therefore said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails and I put my finger into the print of the nails and I put my hand into the side, I, I will not. Believe. Now again, this, this may locate us in here tonight. Because when I look at this, is the only way I believe if I can see it or touch it or feel it physically. And so what Thomas was using here, he was just using his physical senses. Now here's the truth of that. I've been there. I believe every one of us in this room have been there. And so what begins to happen is with my physical senses, I look at something, but it doesn't look like the Word of God. Actually, it may look totally opposite than the Word of God. And that's where I have to come into this place of the the, the Word of God and say, but this is what the Word of God says. And so I I must come to a place in my life where the Word of God trumps my feelings, my eyes, and my touching. Don't throw me in there. I, I've been there where I said, Lord, but I, I, I don't feel that. I don't see that. So now, you know, it'd be very easy to get down on Thomas, but yeah, we're all like Thomas at some time in our life, or maybe right now. Verse 26. And after eight days, the disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came to the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst, and he said, peace to you. So I'm, I'm strolling along there, and I read this statement again. The first time he said, peace to you, or peace be with you. And he says, peace be with you this time. Now, I go back, and, and I didn't read the whole passage tonight. But in, in verse 20 to right here where we're at, he used that phrase three times. Three times. And so I thought, okay, what, what was he trying to tell him there? Well, I go back and I start crossing that, and, and I'm just going to read this for, to you. You may want to mark this. This is Mark chapter 16. This is verse 14. And what's amazing, this is where that... Peace be with you, cross-reference. Now listen to what this says. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of the heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So right here when he says, peace be with you, he's saying, come on, fellas. And it's interesting to me that he had rebuked their unbelief and their hard hearts. I can stand before you today and I can say, that's described me at times. I just didn't believe the word of God. And I said, Lord, I I just can't get a hold of it. I can't see that. And and that's why even in in, uh, Luke 17, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. I don't know about you, but that's become a a prayer of mine on a day. I say, grace my faith today, Father God. Help me. Help me to believe. And so, this is where that's at. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas. Reach your finger here. And look at my hands. And reach here in your hand here. And put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving. Don't be faithless any longer, but believing. And so, right here, he he was trying to teach Thomas. He wasn't being hard on Thomas. He wasn't trying to hurt him. He wasn't trying to make him feel. Uh, he wasn't trying to make him feel stupid. He wasn't being judgmental or judgmental or critical to him. But I believe he is saying, "Come on, Thomas." Don't, don't be faithless. You know what I really believe this is saying to me and you? Quit limiting yourself. Thomas, quit limiting yourself. So again, when I read these, I put me in there. It's like the Lord Jesus, he came to me and he said, Come on, do quit limiting yourself. Don't be unbelieving. But be believing. Verse 28. And Thomas answered and said. My Lord and my God. In other words. Oh I've been so shallow. So I'm reading this here. And a lot of times when we look at at doubting. We look at that as, as a negative. That's how I looked at it always. Doubt is a negative. But when I begin to look at this. If doubt leads to questions and questions lead to answers then doubt is not only the starting point doubt is good because when I have doubt and I begin to search the scriptures then it deepens my faith by searching for the answers and so tonight I want you to doubting is not a bad thing unless I allow doubt to become my permanent condition. Now, how does that happen? When I quit getting in the Word, but I promise with every one of us, when I begin to get into the Word, God will get into me. And the more you get into the Word, the more you're going to start saying, okay, Lord, okay, okay, okay. Become a student of the Word. And I believe this is what it was to Thomas. Ooh, Lord Jesus, I look to you. I look to you. You know, I, I think at times we 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 make this harder than it is. I mean, you've ever beat yourself up, and I used to beat myself up and say, "God, what's wrong with me? I I don't trust Him like I should." But I put myself in Thomas's position. It's it's I, I sense the gentleness of the Lord. I sense the love of God, almost like, "Come on, Thomas. Come on, buddy. Come on." You got this. Trust me. Verse 29. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed, and that word blessed, there's cross-reference to 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that says, walk by faith and not by sight. And Jesus said, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So, was Jesus literally saying, Blessed are those who walk by faith and not by sight? I believe that's exactly what Jesus was telling. I believe Jesus was telling us and Thomas, The way you walk by faith and sight is the way you're going to be blessed. I, I got to trust in the Lord. So I'm looking at that today and I said, oh, Father, God grace me to live that blessed life. I want to live the blessed life. And he says, okay, then walk by faith and not by sight. And I said, okay, Lord, you got to help me. Lead me and guide me into this. Now go with me to the book of Romans. Chapter number four. Chapter number four. So I believe the greatest ways that our faith grows... Is that we hear the word of God But another element that I believe is extremely important You get around the testimony of other, other saints And I, I love to tell When people start telling me what God's done I, I, I love when people testify And they give God the glory and say This is what God did This is what God did he, he's, he's the God of miracles He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so again, when people begin to tell me the miracles that have taken place in their life, and it stirs me up on the inside. I begin to look and listen and say, man, that's, that's my God, that's our God. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith, it is of faith. By faith. It occurs when we try or we cease trying to do something on our own efforts, but we begin to trust the Lord to do it for us. By faith. That it may be according to grace. So the promise is by faith, but when I see that area of grace, it may be according to grace. That is, it may be entirely a free gift of God not dependent on merit of my own. And so we begin to see something here of faith, but also this thing called grace. And so when I look at this, this is where I got over today, saying, Father God, grace my faith. Grace me to have faith. Grace me to walk walk in faith. Grace me to believe. And so he said, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only those who are the law, but also those who are the faith of Abraham. Those who have the same faith like Abraham, who is the father of all. So he made a comment in here. as He said, so the promise might be sure to all or certain to all. So when I read that, the very promises that God made to Abraham, he said, they're sure to every one of you. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. So what's the promise of God made up of? The word of God. You know what you want to know the promises for your life? You gotta get in the word. God will begin to show you what the word is, it's his promises. Keep reading. As it is written. As it is written. What the Bible says, what the scripture says, God said, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of whom he believed, and how did he believe? Off of what was written, God who gives life to the dead, and he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now notice the verse did not say that God calls the things that are as though they are not, or they did not exist, but rather God calls those things that do not exist as though they do exist. And so now we see the uh, authentic of faith right here, the authenticity of faith here. Faith does not deny the obstacle, it just declares the promise. So it says here that God called those things, he foretold and promised those things that did exist, that didn't exist as though they did exist. And so again, I go back and I look to what Abraham did, dear, all in verse 17 to help us out. That first part, Abraham lived his life off of what was written. And so for every one of us, when I begin to see what the written word of God, man, i got to get a hold of that. Keep reading. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, and when you see the contrary to hope, it's talking about just only by human reasoning was he talking about the physical senses. Who contrary to hope, in hope. He hoped on in faith. And it says he believed, he trusted God so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken or according to what God had spoken in his word. So shall your descendants be. And so Abraham began to hear these promises of God And he had to come to a place where he believed them He trusted in them and said Okay, Father God, I'm going to believe it Because here is what you said to me Verse 19 And not being weak in faith Do you know that tells me I can be weak in faith He did not consider his own body Or he did not contemplate his own body Already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and his deadness of Sarah's womb, she was 90. So, I look at this and I begin to think, if Abraham didn't consider his own body and his natural senses, then what did he consider? The Word of God. Now, if you note in there, he said he was already about a 100 years old. So Abraham, at 100 years old, he chose to believe the word of God over his age and the physical uh, uh, life that he had lived. He said, I'm going to go ahead and believe God. I don't know about you, when I read that, he's, he's 100 and Sarah's 90. Have you guys ever seen a, a 90-year-old pregnant woman? Right now on our praise and worship team we, we got them pregnant all over the place Kayla's due and Sahara right here's pregnant And Sarah's right over there, she's pregnant And Mia's pregnant And then some of them said to me, they said Pastor, Shelly's on the praise and worship team I said no, 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 no no, no Don't go there, okay? So when I, I read this passage here it's, it's incredible to me That he didn't consider his physical body He said, I'm going to believe God above my physical I'm going to believe God because even in the natural it says no way But because God said it's way, then there's a way now here's what's interesting about this guy named Abraham and Sarah when God made them that promise she's not walking out in the garden a couple of weeks later and all of a sudden her belly's poking out you know how long it was from the time he promised that until she walked in it it was ten years he held on to the promise of God for ten years And I have problems holding on to the promise God for a week, two days. And so when you see, he's he's the father of faith. And and the the promise is sure to all the seed based on what's written. And so how does that look for me and you on what's written? How would that be? So I'm going to give you a little illustration. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter four. and what I'm going to do here, these next few minutes, Ephesians, then Philippians, Galatians, uh, Ephesians, Philippians. you've gone to Colossians, you've gone too far, is, is I, I want to show you what, what a promise in the Bible looks like and how that plays a part in my life. Philippians four, verse six, "Be anxious for nothing." Now, you, you may highlight anxious right now. That, that may describe you right now. Every one of us in this room, at times, we have the opportunity to be anxious. But it's interesting. He said, be anxious for nothing. Now, look what he says. But in everything. Now I want to highlight that, okay? In everything. He didn't say for everything. When all hell breaks loose, it's not for everything, okay? It's in everything. By prayer. So what do I do when I pray? I go before God and I ask by prayer and supplications. Now when you see the word supplication, it's, it's more than a petition. When I, I read different translations on the word supplication, it, it's like an intensity. It's another level of prayer. So he said, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So when anxiety arises, God tells us right here. He says, listen, guys, you've got, you got to come before me and pray. I'm Father God. you got to uh, give me your supplications. But he said, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God. And so when I look at the thanksgiving, it's like i said, man, Father God, I, I'm so blessed to come before you. I'm so honored to come and pray before you. Now, when I I obey verse number 6, what he tells me to do, look what he said the result of obeying verse 6 is, is verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses or transcends all my understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So you know what he just did right there? He made me and you in a promise. And so guess what? Every one of us have the same right to go before God, like verse six says, and, and, and pray, supplicate, supplicate and, and with, with thanksgiving. And then say, oh, Father God, I, I receive. I receive by faith your peace, which transcends my understanding, which goes against everything I think and I know. And then he said, and that also that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you know that's a promise from him? For every one of us. I'm going to end with this. Go to the book of Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. So what I do is i got to get in the Word, find what's written, Find the promises that are bear, that are made to me. Do you know this book is buried treasure? Just got to dig to find it at times. So that's why I encourage you: you mark your Bible up, you get scripture that pertains to you, you write it down, you read it, you tattoo it on your heart. Some of you may get one or get a real tattoo on your heart, and write that scripture on there. I'm still trying to get to Mark 11. But get in the Word. Find those scriptures Mark 11 verse 24 Therefore I say to you It's the Lord Jesus He's speaking to you Whatever things You ask Whatever things you ask So you're going to have to go before God and ask When you pray Begin to see a pattern here. Four times in that verse, he uses the word "you." And whatever things ask you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Actually, it's five times. I want you to get that. Okay. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Believe that you will receive them and you'll have them. you got to get this, okay? It's one thing to ask, and it's another thing to pray. But I can't leave off that last one and think it's going to happen. And what was the last one? And believe you receive, and you will have whatever you ask. But too many times I may pray, I may ask, but because my physical senses get in the way... I don't believe I receive. And oftentimes we get mad. We say, God's not hearing my prayers. God didn't answer them. But it goes back to this. Did I ask? Did I pray? But then did I believe I receive? And when he says that right there, it's, it's like Abraham. His faith didn't grow weak. He stayed strong in the promises of God, what was written. And so I've got to stay on the word of God. And I've got to get over to that area where I believe, no matter what my physical senses say. So when you go to God and you begin to pray and you pray and after you pray you knock on wood. I hope it works. I pray and then I I look down at Ben Ben and Donald and say cross your hands boys, cross your fingers. I pray and I say man I'm, I'm glad I got my rabbit's foot today. No, I've got to get to a place That I can pray based on the Word of God and remember the Word of God is my title deed. And when you got the title deed, that's your inheritance. I mean, you looks say, here's the title deed. Well, what's the title deed? Well, what's the verse? Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. So again, this goes back to this area that we've talked about here, that my faith's got to be authentic. It's got to be real. It's got to be alive. It's something that comes alive on the inside of me. Now, I I can tell you this. There's times in my life when I can tell I'm in faith. And we have a rule around my house that when me and Shelly pray, and one of us has a problem with believing, you know what she'll tell me at times to do? She'll say, "You, you need to drop it neutral, okay? Just drop it neutral. You know what that means? Shut up. Keep your mouth shut. If you're not going to jump in here with me and believe God, because your mouth is going to yank us in reverse. So you just sit over there, but you drop your faith in neutral. But I want to get in the drive. I want to go forward. I want to go in forward. And so we got to get into faith. We've got to get into faith. There's, there's times in my life things have been like they're going downhill. And I remember one time in my life recently it wasn't real good. And Shelley looked at me and she said, Stormy Swan, Storm, you need to get in faith. I like it. I'm the man of faith and power. Don't you dare say it. And I looked at her that when she said that. And you know why I knew she knew I wasn't in faith. This thing right here. My mouth wasn't agreeing with the word of God. See, I can say, be anxious for nothing, but everything in prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, make your requests made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses your understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I, I can say that. But out of my mouth, I can say, oh, my gosh, all hell is broken loose. It's bad. It's getting worse. Well, you know what that tells me? You didn't believe that prayer one bit. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubick.com.